0: Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. The title of our message this morning, God Can Fix It. God Can Fix It. Are you ready for the word today? Alright, we're going to be going to the book of Hebrews in just a moment. And this morning I'm going to take just a little bit of liberty with you. And for those of you at home and uh, watching online, uh, make sure you listen closely today because God has a word for you. Okay? It is specifically something He wants to do in your life. God is always trying to make things better. God is always working in this world. You know, uh, yesterday Brenda and I were uh, was talking and, and she uh, asked a question. She just said, you know, why in the world don't we have peace on the earth? Why in the world didn't, I mean, you know, why, 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 uh, you know, uh, why doesn't this just, why doesn't the world just, just have peace? Well, because it's the world. Hello, it's the world. And the prince of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, they hold a lot of influence over the ungenerated souls and minds of men. This is the reason why God sent Jesus to give us an exit strategy that was out of this world because god one day is going to destroy this world and the, the reason why he's going to destroy this world is because it is filled with sin it is filled with death it's filled with depravity it is filled with all the things and all the decay that god does not want on the earth and one day the Bible clearly tells us that the earth will melt with a fervent heat and all the elements of the world and everything that we see will literally melt and God will create a new heaven and a new earth wherein will dwell righteousness God is not going to save all of this sin he is going to save sinners he's not going to make the world as we know it today into paradise he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth where there is no sin there is no sickness there is no poverty no worry no defeat no frustration no aggravations no irritations okay he's going to do that that's very 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 plain In this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulations, testings, trials, trauma. In this world, this world is filled with sin. Darkness is a part of this world. And yet God works in it to save people out of this world. Not only does God want to save you from an eternity in hell, but He also wants to save you from the hell of this life. And many people are experiencing problems. Three major areas that I talk to people about their problems when they come to see me. You know, they may they may offer you know um, one of these three things in their life normally. I would say 95% of the people who come and talk to me, they want to talk to me about problems in their marriage, problems in their family, or problems with their finances. Marriage, family, or their job. Those are the three major things that people want help with. They want to know how. How can I, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, how can I take the Word of God and have a better, happier, more fruitful and productive marriage? How can I take the Word of God and raise a family and, and, and encourage my children, my grandchildren and the generation? How can I have a happy home and a productive home? How can I, can, can I have that peace in my home and that joy in my home, despite what may be going on in the world or at school? Or at work or or wherever, how can I have a happy family? And number three, how can I encourage uh, or how can I make a difference in my job? You know, many people are unhappy at work, they're just so unhappy, normally because of the people they work with or the people they work for or the people that work for them normally it's all about people seldom do i find someone who is very dissatisfied with their job because they just don't necessarily like what they're doing a few people most of the time it's problems because of people and they don't know what to do. They don't like the people they work with. They don't like the people uh, they work for. They don't like the people that work for them. They're not happy. They're irritated, frustrated. They don't know what to do. They're, 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 they're you know, feeling mistreated, feeling abused, feeling uh, you know, not treated right. These are the common problems that men and women face today. It's problems in marriage, problems in family, and problems at work. Today we're going to take a portion of the scriptures in the book of Hebrews, specifically in chapter 10 and we're going to talk about those three areas of life this morning. I want to encourage you to open up your heart today and in fact I'm going to pray that no matter what I say today that God speaks directly to you whether you're here on campus or you're watching online or perhaps you're listening to this as a podcast later in the week, Uh, whatever I say, I'm going to pray that God changes it before it gets to your heart so that you hear a word from Him, exactly what you need to hear so that you can put something in practice in your life this week or so that you can take something from here and give it to someone else who desperately needs it. I'm going to use a passage in Hebrews chapter 10. The writer here, uh, in, 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 in writing the book of Hebrews, gave some instruction. And the instruction that he gave is normally a message that preachers preach whenever they want to get on to people for not coming to church. Hello? I told the first service this morning, you know why I don't preach on church attendance? It's because you're talking to the wrong people. You're here. <laughs> Why fuss at you about those that aren't? <laughs> okay. And I also have this feeling. Uh, years ago, I, 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 I was talking with the Lord about this, and, and I felt as though the Lord said, well, if you make it good, people come. Hello? If you make it worth it, if you make it beneficial, they'll come. Whether on campus or online, they'll take their time. But when people give you some of their time, they're giving you their life. And if it's not worth their life, then why in the world should they keep coming? Why should they keep logging on? If we are not preaching the life-changing Word of Almighty God, the anointed Word of Jesus, why in the world would people want to come? You know, the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. I've been in that church. Oh, that was funny, wasn't it? Yeah. I know some of you out there in in, uh, uh, online, uh, church online world are laughing at that as well. Why in the world uh, would we want to, you know, just... Uh, keep going to church as though we were going to celebrate the death of Jesus. He's still dead, and we're going to the tomb. You know, uh, that's how I felt as a young boy. I, I I always thought that maybe the Holy Spirit died, and we were going this some funeral or something. You know, but uh, rather than using this particular passage in Hebrews ten to talk about church attendance, I want to use it to rather talk about your family, your marriage, and your job. Because the Word of God uh, uh, is truth, and truth is parallel. You see, the church is the family of God. And whatever will work for the family of God will work for your family. Whatever will work for God's family will work for your family, because God's family is just made up of all of your families. So when God puts something in the Word of God concerning the body of Christ, it will work for your body as well. When God puts something in the Word of God concerning the bride of Christ, it will work for your bride as well. Whenever God puts something in the Bible concerning the church, the family of God, it will work for your family as well. So today, without any further ado... Let's open up to Hebrews chapter 10. We'll begin reading in verse 23. I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. And we'll stop along the way so I can explain it to you. But hold this thought in your head. He's talking about my marriage. He's talking about my family and raising children. Uh, and and, and, and uh, you know, uh, my extended family. My parents. My children. My, uh, you know, all of my extended family. And number three... He's talking about my job, my co workers, you know, my family at work, as as it were. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast. Now, stop there just a moment. Let me tell you what this hold fast means so that you can get a real good picture of this, okay? I've I've exegeted these verses. That means I have taken them apart and I have done my due diligence in, in, in parsing them to find out exactly how I can explain this to you in the very best manner. Wherever you may be in the world, whatever culture, custom, whatever language you speak, nationality, ethnicity, whatever race, you may be God knows this will work and I want to explain it to you as best I can let us hold fast that concept of holding fast means that we would first take possession of this thing to to, to hold fast you first have to get hold of if you're going to hold fast okay So hold fast means to take possession and to keep secure. It means I've got my hands on it and it's mine and I'm not letting go of it. I'm holding on to it. I'm holding fast. I'm holding on to this. If I were to hand you a $100 bill and you didn't take it, you didn't reach out and get a hold of it, it wouldn't be yours. And if you didn't hold fast to it, you wouldn't have it very long. This concept of holding fast literally means that we need to take possession of something and we need to hold on to it. What is it that we need to take possession of? Hold fast the confession. Confession. Now, let me explain what this word confession means. Let me break it down in the Greek for you. It's a compound word. It is the Greek word homologia. It literally means to to, um, to express a heartfelt agreement. Homo logia, homo, the same as, together, and logia, the word, to say the same thing someone else has said. In this instance, to say what God has said. In this instance, to come into agreement, the, 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 the full agreement, the heartfelt agreement with God in such a way that I begin to express my position. My position is God's position. God has taken a position on almost everything that you're going to encounter in life. God has taken a position on marriage. God has taken a position on your family. God has taken a position on how you treat your parents and how you treat your kids and how you treat your spouse. God has taken a position on that. And when we Hold fast. When we take possession of God's position and we hold fast and we take God's position as our position and refuse to let it go and we begin to express it, that's what the word confession means. Hold fast your expression of agreement with God. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. This word literally means hope. That's exactly what it means. It means our expectation, our anticipation. Let us hold fast. Let us take possession and keep secure uh, the expression of agreement with God concerning the hope. Hope, the expectation God wants us to have for our marriage, for our family, and for our job. God has a position on your job. He has an expectation of how you're supposed to treat your coworkers, your supervisor, your employees. God has a position on that, and we are supposed to take possession of His position, and we are supposed to begin to express the expectation God has for our coworkers, for our children, for our parents for our extended family, and for our spouse. Interesting, huh? Is this making any sense? Okay, just breaking down this one verse here. Let us hold fast our confession of our hope without wavering. That means this, I am not going to back up, I'm not going to be moved, I'm not going to let go and you can't take it from me. Pressure and problems and drama and stress and trauma and tragedy and tiredness is not going to rob me of the position I have taken in my hope in Jesus that God Almighty is going to do something here in this situation. (laughs) Hey, I'm preaching better than you're amening. Somebody shout glory. Glory. Oh, one more time. Glory. Glory. All right. Now you participated in church. Why in the world? Why in the world would I take possession of and 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 firmly hold on to an expression Of my heartfelt agreement with God in the position He has taken concerning what He wants in my family, my marriage, and my job. Why would I hold fast that expression of my expectation? Because He who promised is faithful. What does that mean? That means that God is committed to His position and He wants us to be committed to His position. Because God, the one that said it, is committed to it. God is committed to your children. God is committed to what He wants at your job and your workplace. God is committed to what He wants in your marriage. God is committed, and because He is faithful, because He is committed, because He has a position, He is wanting us to take His position. Evidently, He's got a plan that somehow us taking His position and Expressing a heartfelt agreement with Him is a part of Him moving the situations into a place where He wants them. We have a part to play in the plan of God. We move things along. God wants our help, He wants us to take His position. On the things happening in our nation not our position not right not left not center not I don't care he has a position he wants us to express his position heartfelt agreement with God because God is committed to it you know what he's wanting us to do is just say yes to him Just say yes to his plan. Say yes to him. You know, you can do this. He wants us to stop saying no to ourselves. So stop saying no to yourself. Stop telling yourself it's never going to get any better. Stop telling yourself it won't work. Stop saying no, because the moment you say no to yourself, you stop working. The moment you say no to yourself, you stop Holding on to God's position and holding on to that confession, that expression of your expectation that God has a position in this and I'm going to hold on to his position. Our confession is powerful. Stop saying no to yourself. You know, just let let God continue to be God. Verse 24. And evidently, there's something else to go along with this. And let us consider. Hold it right there. Consider. You know, now, while we are taking God's possession and while we are expressing a heartfelt agreement with what God says, instead of what we see, instead of what we want, instead of what we've experienced, instead of what we're afraid of, instead of what everybody else says, while we are expressing a heartfelt agreement with God and refusing to get off of it, let us consider. This... Concept of consider means to observe so that you can understand. To be attentive to. To pay attention to. Observe and pay attention to. Something happens. Something happens. God has put something into a spiritual law. That when you begin to pay attention to your marriage, your spouse, your children, your parents, when you begin to pay attention and begin to try to understand your coworkers, your supervisor, when you begin to to observe them and peer in with, with, with an attempt to understand, and and, and you begin to be attentive, trying to understand what they're going through, their position, why they are where they are, the demons they are facing, uh, the the, the challenges that they have, the, the, the past, the hurt, the pain, the worry, the fear, the frustrations that they experience. When you begin to try to understand others, something happens. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now he's not talking about let us start observing others so that we can understand them so that we can stir up love in them and good works in them. He's talking about stirring up love in us. Because sometimes when people rub us the wrong way long enough, and sometimes you don't even have to know them, sometimes our prejudices draw lines along racial boundaries, economic boundaries, age boundaries. Sometimes our, 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 our own prejudice draw lines around national boundaries. And we all of a sudden don't like people, and we won't invest ourselves into observing and paying attention so that we can understand where they're coming from, so we can put ourselves into their shoes understand their pain their problem their hurt their excitement their whatever else is going on in their world and when we don't do that we end up staying over here in a corner whenever god says that if we will it will stir up love in our life isn't that interesting Can I use you, Melinda? Y'all saw Melinda up here on stage a moment ago. You know, uh, Pastor Marcus did well. He married up. Amen. Amen. They say if you fall, you want to fall forward. And if you marry, you want to marry up. Well, he, he got that one right. Uh, you know, it's been about 10 years since I met Melinda. And... Uh, I have observed you, Melinda, attentively. I've tried to understand you, you know, and in doing my best to observe you and and, uh, watch you and try to understand you and to be attentive to you, I've fallen in love with you. It's a process. I love this woman. I love her. You know, Pastor Marcus, might could tell me six things that are wrong with her. But, you know, that wouldn't bother me at all. I love her. Not only do I love her, but I am provoked to do good things for her. Because I love her. Because I've watched her. Same thing happened to the young lady right behind you. You know? I watched her. She was different than me and my family. You know, she came to Thanksgiving. I took her to a country Thanksgiving up in Sims, Texas, out in the woods, all the way from France to Sims, Texas, with a bunch of family that you can't always understand what they're saying. <laughs> And she visited church. She came back the next Thanksgiving and went with us again when TPC blew up and we had to drive all the way to Abilene in the middle of the night because she called me and told me, get out of town. (laughs) Leanne said, "Uh, by the way, I'm a a chemical engineer over here. You may want to leave. I said, okay. (laughs) We gathered all the family and we drove to Abilene and and she was with us, and you know, uh, and, and and I was watching her, and watching her, and watching her, observing her, trying to understand her. Because she was an atheist. She was raised as an atheist, you know. But And, and so we were different, you know. She's from France. I'm from Texas, you know. She didn't know even if there was a God. She wasn't a committed atheist. She just didn't know if there was a God, really, you know, Maybe. Whatever, you know, didn't really believe there was. So I just, I just observed her. And I just, you know, watched her attentively and tried to understand where she was coming from and, and, and what she had experienced and, and, and what made her, her. And, and the more I did that, you know, the more I fell in love with her. You know, and, and uh, you know... Uh, and it's not the fact that she has made Jesus the Lord and Savior of life, which she has, and it's not the fact that she is married into the family, which she has, and it's not the fact that she is, uh, you know, uh, studies the Word of God every day now and can't get enough of God's Word. Uh, you know, uh, that you know, it, it's it, it's not the fact, although all that is true. But that's not why I love her. I love her because I know her, and that's what. God said let us consider one another let us make sure uh, that we consider one another in order to stir up love and good works isn't that amazing that could happen with your coworker. it won't happen without you doing it that could happen with your spouse to stir up. To stir up love. You know that word stir up. It, 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 it means to uh, to stimulate, provoke, sharpen. It also means to irritate. You know it'll just, you know how something just it, it, it just won't leave you alone. That's what God intends whenever you set your heart. Whenever you decide that you're going to take his position, whenever you decide that you're going to uh, express your heartfelt agreement with God concerning your marriage, concerning your, your job and your co workers, concerning your family, when you take God's position, watch and see what God will do. You will begin to observe and begin to encounter, and you will begin to be attentive. And, and if you're not being attentive, change that. Be attentive. Observe and, and give some time in efforts to understand. You need to do your best to understand before you try to be understood. God will stir up love in your heart and let me tell you, love covers the multitude of sins. This is God's way of getting us ready for His miracles and helping us to participate in what He wants to do i know some of you don't want you you literally don't want to get closer to your spouse hello come on now don't look at me like you know i've 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 been in counseling with several of you i know what i'm talking about And, and 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 i get your emails some of you don't want to get closer to your parents or to your family some of you don't want to get closer to old friends some of you don't want to get closer to your coworkers, your supervisor. You don't want to understand them. I, I, I don't like them and I ain't never going to like them. That's not the truth, by the way. Some of you don't want to. You know God knows that. God knows that you don't want to. But God knows when you don't want to, He has made a way to fix it. And if you will consider others consider one another it will stir up love and good works in your life and there's a third thing that you're going to need to do verse 25 this is normally where preachers preach on church attendance not forsaking the assembling <laughs> well i mean, i i mean how many how many sermons have i heard on that not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is you know, we use that for coming to church. We use that, but let me tell you what God uses it for, family. His family, and you can use it for yours. It's important that we do not forsake. This word forsake means to neglect, to abandon, or to stop. Don't stop getting together don't neglect the power of being together don't neglect the power of coming together in church whether it's on campus or online don't neglect that and and don't forsake that assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is don't neglect it Don't neglect sitting down with your spouse and spending time, precious one-on-one time, paying attention and observing and then stirring up the love. Don't neglect that family time, how important it is to sit down and pay attention and and just be family. You don't have to be judge every day. You don't have to be accuser. You don't have to be anything but family family. Come on, get together. We didn't We didn't come here this morning to air our grievances or to argue with one another or to check out what everybody's wearing. We came here to fellowship one another under the banner of the Holy Spirit because the Word of God tells us to not neglect the power, not neglect the miracles that happen whenever we choose to get together and just be attentive to one another and to let the love of God be stirred up in our hearts so that we take God's position on the relationship we have with our co-worker and not our position. The better your job does, the better you will do. The better your job does, the better your plant does, the better your work does, the better your school does, the better you will do. The better our community will do. The better our nation will do. Listen, it starts with you. There may not be anyone else at your job that knows what you know now. There may not be anyone else in your family that knows what you know now. That time together God has ordained. That time together considering one another, doing our best to understand one another. Time together taking God's position and expressing His position, expressing what He's committed to, moves mountains. It just does. Not forsaking, not abandoning, not neglecting the gathering of yourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another. Listen, I know... That you may not need church. I don't think I need it. Hello? I think I could do okay without coming to church. Don't y'all? How many of you feel like you'd, be, you, 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 you'd, you'd, you'd really be okay? I mean, not, not, not coming to church? Yeah, you're not gonna raise your hand, are you? Okay. <laughs> How many of you won't raise your hand for anything? Look at there, six of you raised your hand you're wrong Uh, (laughs) I shouldn't have done that should I okay I think I'd be okay without church but I don't think you'd be okay if I wasn't here you see it's not about me that's what God tries to tell us about family it's not always about us you might say I'd be okay if I never saw my family again yeah but would they be okay How about them? Consider one another. You see, it's an investment because we come together with family, with coworkers. The reason we get together, the reason God wants us in this powerful dynamic of getting together with family and friends and, and with, uh, you know, is, is because of what it does for the other person as we exhort them and encourage them, as we make a difference in their life because we are there. That's why we do it. You know, you may not need it, but listen, it's clearly not all about you. It's about others. The admonition of God to exhort others comes from a Greek word, parakaleo. And it means to call alongside like you're putting your arm around so that you can encourage and comfort and instruct and, and uh, you know, just, just, just. This is what we do. You're missing an opportunity when you come to church if you don't talk to somebody else. You're missing an opportunity if you don't take what you have heard this morning and share it with someone else. You're missing a God-ordained opportunity. To exhort someone else so we'll cut to the chase here okay uh, what have I said this morning well I've talked about your marriage I've talked about your job I've talked about your family I've taken the Word of God this morning and I've told you how God feels about his family how he wants you to take his position now he wants you to hold on hold fast take possession of and hold fast to what he feels so that you can express you need to express his viewpoint his position and as you do that you need also to consider others around you and let god stir a love and a desire to do good To all the people that you would have before, just sit over here and let them pass by. This will work with your children. It will work with your spouse. It will work with your job. Invest some time and find an opportunity to get, get some time and pay some attention to others around you. And watch and see what God will do. Why? Because He is committed to working through you. Thanks again for joining us for another exciting message from Pastor Ron Hammons. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.